considering a new career path, or you've just been laid off, or you have decided to get your MBA. In any of these cases, business school could be the next best step. That ushers in a barrage of choices, full-time or part-time MBA program, EMBA, IMBA, Europe or the U.S., a name school or not. And maybe panic. How are your GMAT scores? Leadership abilities? Are you unique enough? I'm Diana Jordan with MBA Podcaster, and in this show, we have rounded up five top authors of books that address the admissions process. They have one thing in common. They all say there is no perfect candidate, and they all have ideas to help you get into your chosen school. We will hear from Scott Schrum, who is the director of MBA Admissions Research at Veritas Prep. His book is Your MBA Game Plan. Every part of your application needs to do at least one of two things. It needs to show how well you fit with the school, or it needs to show how you stand out from other applicants, how you're somehow different and unique. Every part of your application should do that. Any part of your application that's not doing that is frankly dead weight. Richard Montauk wrote How to Get Into the Top MBA Programs. The fourth edition is out now. He is president of Degree of Difference. He's an admissions consultant. A typical applicant would be well-served thinking about what is somewhat unusual about his or her candidacy and putting that forward. Stacy Blackman is the president of Stacy Blackman Consulting and co-author with Daniel J. Brookings of the MBA Application Roadmap, the essential guide to getting into a top business school. Stacy says it's all about showcasing your brand and about being honest. This is a process where you want to market yourself and people are frequently tempted, I think, to go a little bit too far and try to present themselves as the perfect individual. And doing that can showcase a big weakness, which is a lack of self-awareness. Paul Bodine is the author of Perfect Phrases for Business School Acceptance. The best answer is the one that really sticks to your own life and your own experiences. It's basically candor and introspection and really knowing who you are. And Chioma Isiadinso wrote The Best Business School's Admission Secrets. A former Harvard Business School admissions board member reveals the insider keys to getting in. This is truly a roadmap or blueprint of how admissions people think. Let's get familiar first with the focus of the five books. Scott Schrum is now the director of MBA Admissions Research at Veritas Prep. Scott, what is the focus of your book, your MBA game plan? The book gives MBA applicants a structured framework that they can use to apply to business school. The first edition of the book came out in 2003, and uh, my co-author and I, uh, his name is Omari Bachnight, we were applying to business school at the same time during the 2001-2002 admission season. During the process, we just met each other, got to know each other, and realized there were a lot of mistakes that we saw applicants making. They were all making very similar mistakes, focusing on the wrong things. He and I got to talking and we decided we should write a book about it and give other applicants a strategic framework that they can use to apply to business school. Richard Montauk, who is the founder and president of Degree of Difference and a graduate of Brown and Stanford, has helped thousands of applicants get into the world's top business and law schools. He has now seen four editions of his book, How to Get Into the Top MBA Programs. Richard, what is the focus of your book? The focus of the book, at least ostensibly, is on what people should be doing in order to get into the leading business schools of the world. By that that I mean not just American MBA programs, but European and others as well. I also say ostensibly because the real focus of the book is simply helping people to get ahead in their careers via some sort of business education. So although 
the people who are most likely to read it are the people who are gunning for Harvard Business School or Stanford or Wharton or Chicago or what have you. In reality, people will be helped if they are thinking that some sort of graduate business education is likely to be helpful to them in their careers. So it considers things such as should someone do a part-time rather than a full-time MBA? Should they do it locally or elsewhere? Should they do it now or later? And so on. Stacy Blackman has been advising hundreds of people applying to business school since 2001. She got her undergraduate degree from Wharton and graduate degree from Kellogg. Stacy, you say the focus of your book, The MBA Application Roadmap, addresses essay themes and challenges the MBA applicant might stumble upon and how to approach those stumbling points. Stacy, why did you keep the book short and how did you keep the book short? We wanted to keep the book short because we're working with clients who are juggling so many things. I mean, they have demanding jobs. They're taking the GMAT. They're working on these applications, which is a huge job in and of itself, managing the process and working on the essays and visiting schools and all of the soul searching that goes along with it. It's so overwhelming and time consuming. And then there are these, you know, four to 500 page guides out there. And to read one of those guides cover to cover is another huge task. So we really wanted to put together a book that was just the essentials. So we didn't spend a lot of time telling you about various schools. We think the schools can do a better job of that. We didn't spend time going into every scenario out there. We really focused on what are the essentials in this process and came up with a very streamlined book. Paul Bodine is an admissions consultant who has assisted thousands of applicants to get into the world's best business schools. Paul, what is the focus of your book, Perfect Phrases for Business School Acceptance? There is a section on interviews at the end, but it's primarily geared toward business school applicants seeking help with the essay. There are other books on the market that also help people with essays, but this book takes a significantly different tack in that Uh, Most books kind of produce the whole essay and just kind of give it to you, you know, introduction to conclusion from actual applicants. What I thought might be helpful would be to break the essays down into into their kind of basic sections so that if someone's writing the essay and they say, you know, gee, how do I state my goals, they can turn to a section of a book and there's going to be multiple examples just about that specific challenge, essay writing challenge. And it has not been done before and it's a much more sort of practically oriented guidebook for people writing the business school essay. Chioma Isia Dinso worked in the admissions world for more than a decade, including Carnegie Mellon, Harvard Business School, and she runs a consulting company. Chioma, what is the focus of your book? The focus of the best business school admission secrets is to help applicants recognize that the application process actually requires some branding and marketing to stand out in the application process. So I've I've written this book with a focus on personal branding and what the attributes are that you need to focus on in branding yourself to get into a top business school. We will begin with the authors who penned the MBA admissions books with the broadest coverage. Scott Shrum, who got his graduate degree from Kellogg and is now the director of MBA admissions research at Veritas Prep, is the author of Your MBA Game Plan. Scott, what kind of applicant is best suited to read your book? I wouldn't say that there is a particular one type of applicant that the book is geared towards versus another. In fact, one whole chapter gives specific advice for different applicant types. So everything from 
if you're coming from an engineering background, finance background, marketing, nonprofit, you know, if you may have be an international applicant, we actually have specific strategies that we outline for each of those types of applicants. How do you assemble your game plan? You start by taking an inventory of where you're strong and where you're weak across the four application dimensions, leadership, innovation, teamwork, and maturity. Once you've done that, you need to go back to the, the highest level framework in your MBA game plan, which is one, you need to show fit with the school, and two, you need to show how you stand out from the competition, from other applicants. And you're going to do that using those four dimensions. So say, for instance, Harvard, they place a lot of emphasis on leadership. Well, if you're applying to Harvard, then you'd better be pretty strong in that leadership dimension. If you're not, there are some ways you can overcome it with other parts of your application. Maybe you don't, you've never demonstrated leadership or work. You've never yet been promoted to a position where you're managing people. However, outside of the job, maybe you've found opportunities, extracurricular activities, community service, working with your church, ways to show leadership there. You're going to want to do that for all four of the dimensions, and you're going to want to do that across every part of your application. Like I said, the essays, the letters of recommendation. If leadership is something you feel like that may be a weakness in your application, make sure to encourage your recommendation writers to talk about how you demonstrate leadership abilities day in and day out on the job, even if you're not in a, uh, an official position of leadership. You're going to want to do that in your interview and every other part of your application. Scott, what are some common misconceptions? The common misconception out there is that you look at a school's mean GPA or a mean GMAT score of the entering class, they see that mean GMAT score and they think, I've got to get that or I've got to beat that. If Stanford's mean GMAT score is around 710 or 715, I need to get that. And if I get a 680, I'm done. I shouldn't even bother applying to Stanford. That's a misconception. An even bigger misconception is, okay, I'm applying to Stanford. They have a mean GMAT score of around 715. I just got a 780 on the GMAT. I'm a shoe in That is absolutely not true. They'll look at your GMAT score. They want to see, okay, does this person have the intellectual horsepower to do well in our class? If you're anywhere near their mean GMAT score, they're going to check the box and say, okay, this person knows how to, they know, you know, they're going to be good students, they're going to be strong students in the classroom. They'll move on to the rest of your application. So getting a high GMAT score is not going to automatically get you in. And on the flip side, getting a low GMAT score does not keep you out. It, it'll definitely hurt you if you have a lower GMAT score and you need to, you know, ideally you can raise your score. You need to overcome that weakness in other ways, such as your undergraduate GPA or maybe post-college coursework. But the GMAT is not the be-all, end-all way of getting in. What would you like listeners to take away, Scott? There's no magic to it. There's no science to it. Business schools are not looking to reject you. When you submit an application, they're not pouring through your application trying to find the one weakness and they can say, aha, you know, we're not going to let him in. It's really not like that. They really want to get to know you. They're begging for something interesting to read. They're begging for a personality to come through in the application. That makes their job so much easier. You know, imagine reading a pile of statistics or imagine reading a pile of, of interesting memoirs. You'd much rather read the latter. They want to feel like they really know the applicants when they're applying. And there's no magic formula. They just want to see, okay, does this person have realistic goals? Do they really understand what our program's about? Are they somebody who would really get value from our program? Once they graduate, would they be somebody we would pr be proud to call an alum of our program? That's really what they're looking for. Richard Montauk's book, How to Get Into the Top MBA Programs, is more than 600 pages long. What specifically is in your book, Richard? It provides a lot of help in making the big decisions, the strategic sorts of decisions, whether a degree is worth doing, which degree 
in which format, meaning part-time, full-time, executive, etc., is worth doing. It's very helpful to people in looking to determine what sorts of schools and which specific schools are going to be most appropriate for them. But beyond that, it also helps them sort out things such as when is the right time for them in career and personal terms to be doing this. And then it provides hundreds of pages of guidance and cookbook help in terms of the actual application process and in terms of getting the most out of the program once they head off to it. So it's, in the old phrase, very much soup to nuts for this whole process. How do you stand out? Something I've always believed is that a typical applicant would be well-served thinking about what is somewhat unusual about his or her candidacy and putting that forward. So, for example, an accountant tends to spend too much time in the application emphasizing that she's very serious about business, very comfortable with numbers, has seen lots of different businesses, and so on things that are generally completely obvious to an admissions committee. And she'd be better served, instead of emphasizing those things, emphasizing the personal qualities, for instance, that might not be apparent. So one of my uh, clients a couple years ago, at my behest, frankly, did some things to emphasize that she did have a personality and that it was unusual for an accountant. She did a bit of stand-up comedy. Now, I don't know how good her stand-up comedy was, but when she emphasized that in her application, it was pretty certain that she was the only applicant in the pool who was both an accountant and an amateur stand-up comic. So all those concerns about an accountant, mm, gee, maybe a little gray, a little drab, etc., disappeared when the phrase stand-up comic became apparent. And despite having very little work experience, off she went to Harvard Business School. You say when the market goes down, the number of MBA applicants goes up. With a soured economic climate, what advice do you have? Consider the fact that it's going to be this competitive and try to adjust your strategy a bit with that in mind. For instance, start building in a little bit more in the way of backup schools, schools that at least a year ago would have offered the likelihood of getting in, whether they will or not this year is, of course, anybody's guess. Look further afield as well. The European schools do not face this same sort of crush of applicants. I was just speaking to business school deans and directors in Europe at the uh, urging of the Association of MBAs, and we were talking about their demographic situation compared to the American one. Whereas the American schools have got a ton of applicants this year, the business schools in Europe, at least once you get past the top couple, are not facing the same sort of luxury of choice. So looking further afield can be a pretty wise idea here. And after that, uh, if somebody has a job and is going to continue in it or is likely to continue in it, consider a part-time program because the part-time programs are not going to face as much of a new crush as the full-time programs. The reason for that is that loads of the people applying to the full-time programs either don't have jobs or expect they won't have jobs going forward. So those people who are lucky enough to be in good jobs might want to consider that they have the luxury of applying to the part-time programs where their chances may well be better. By comparison, at just over 250 pages, Stacy Blackman's book, The MBA Application Roadmap, is short. And that, perhaps, is a metaphor for one of your key principles, which is to keep the essays short. Can you speak to that, Stacy? The first step is just getting the story out there, getting the themes out there. And then you'll find that you can say the same thing with just fewer words. So it's not about cutting out certain steps or it, it, cutting out information. It's literally just about paring down the words and cutting out unnecessary fluff. What else is in your book? We talk about is the MBA right for you? Is now the right time for the MBA? 
I really think the meatiest sections are sections on typical essay questions and how to approach them. And and they seem really basic, talking about your career path, talking about leadership, talking about what does it mean to be a leader, talking about strengths, talking about weaknesses. These are kind of the basics of the MBA application process. And yet people really stumble. And in fact, sometimes, you know, they're asked a question about leadership and, and they describe something that isn't even leadership or they're asked a question about weaknesses and they talk about a failure. And so we talk a lot in the book about how to approach these really common essay questions and how to do it well and how to do it accurately, how to really pay attention to what is and is not being asked and respond to the question. Stacy, you say you've seen everything under the sun. One of the things that I think works very well in this process is just real honesty and being very, very honest about who you are. And that very much includes being honest about your weaknesses and your failures. And I think this is a process where you want to market yourself and people are frequently tempted, I think, to go a little bit too far and try to present themselves as the perfect individual. And doing that kind of can showcase a big weakness, which is a lack of self-awareness, because anyone who's applying to business school is actually trying to improve themselves in some way. I mean, they haven't, they're not perfect. So um, just honesty, honesty about who you are, what, what your true strengths are, yes, but also some of your weaknesses. I'm a big fan of just, you know, putting those out there in the open and, and showing when you failed and, and showing what you've learned from it and just being true to yourself. Paul Bodine, how is your book, Perfect Phrases for Business School Acceptance, laid out? I basically divide the book into three sections, core topics, which uh, the first section, that includes goals essays, accomplishment essays, and leadership and teamwork essays. These are sort of the basic business school, professional type um, essays that many schools ask people to write. The second area is called personal topics, and this includes autobiographical essays about values, essays about hobbies, passions, that kind of thing. Also essays about diversity, you know, what you're going to contribute to the class. So those are more personal type essays. And then I have a an other topics section. These are also highly common topics, uh, challenges, defining moments, failure, you know, ethical challenges, also social impact, and then the, the sort of category called the optional essay, which is where the school kind of leaves it up to you to tell them what you think is important. So I've pretty much covered the gamut of the basic topics that most schools ask. And then I've taken it one step further than that, and then by breaking down the, the key sections of these essays, for example, the goals essay has been broken down into several sections, basically the career progress section, the statement of goals, you know, why an MBA, why an MBA now, why are school, the introduction, the conclusion, and basically that's a total of seven separate parts for the goals essay alone I'm giving them specific examples for, and in that goals uh, chapter alone I give 139 different examples. In writing the essays, Paul, you suggest the applicants cast themselves as the hero and the holy grail. Please explain. I'm just uh, trying to encourage applicants uh, from getting away from, you know, telling the schools what they think the schools want to hear or giving some sort of canned kind of response. I'm trying to encourage them to see their life as a story because I think stories are really what get the reader's interest. And these admissions readers, you know, they go through thousands of essays and, you know, it gets a little dull. So um, if you can see your own life as a story, as a series of challenges or as I mentioned, in pursuit of a holy grail, whether it's the MBA or starting your own business, that will maybe get you to think a little more creatively about expressing your story in a personal way and in a, in a vivid way, you know, as, as, a, as a story would do, as a novel might do. And, of course, I'm, it has to be 
completely non-fiction, of course, but trying to get people to be a little bit more open and less uptight about expressing their lives. That was the goal. Your essays on failure, how can you answer without shooting yourself in the foot? You don't maybe want an, a failure from like last week or something. You want to maybe something further back in your career when you can say, look, I was young, I was starting out, I didn't know the ropes. You know, the further back you put the failure, that allows you to have maybe a follow-on story at the end of the essay where you kind of redeem yourself and you show yourself learning from the mistake. You know, another thing to keep in mind is that they are looking for failure no, not that shows basic fundamental human flaws in your character, obviously, you know, like a criminal background, but real failures. You miscalculated, you made the wrong choice, you maybe didn't have good teamwork skills at that particular point in your career. Real substantive failures, but you learn from them. I think the key point is not that the essay just be about some failure, you know, end on a negative tone, but that you say, look, I, I did learn, and this is what I did after I learned from that mistake. These are the things I did to improve myself and to apply the lessons I learned. Our fifth author is Chioma Isiadinso, who, as a former Harvard Business School admissions board member, has written the best business school's admission secrets. Chioma, what surprises will the MBA applicants find in your book? This is the first book that actually focuses on personal branding and talks about how you go about building your personal brand, how you do an audit and then go from the audit to identifying your personal brand themes. And then how do you take your entire life story and distill it down to the personal brand statement, the one sentence that you want the admissions board to come to the conclusion of? That's what they're going to be able to use to make a case for or against you. And so that's one unique piece about this book. The second one is that this is a book that's written, obviously, from the inside perspective. It's been laid out um, with a focus on how admissions people think. What are the secrets in the Best Business School's admission secrets? The application is used to connect with someone. It doesn't mean that the person on the other side of the table should be your best friend, but they need to be able to read a set of essays and at some point have a smile come to their face, at some point have something palpable and tangible that connects with them, that they say, wow, that is really a cool story, or that is a really interesting person. I would love to meet this person. No amount of accomplishments can win you a friend in the application world if your essays are boring. So thinking about the admissions board member as someone that you want to win over is an incredibly important tool that a candidate can use to win a friend. And I don't think that the candidates typically think of it that way in terms of, you know, your essays actually can win you um, someone who can become an advocate, a champion for you. That's the first one. Another one that comes to mind is that there's a huge difference between a recommender and a brand champion. Most recommendation letters that I've read over the years tend to be extremely mundane and generic, really. They, we call them vanilla in the admissions world, and there's nothing memorable. So... Applicants who understand that they need to build brand champions and that a brand champion is someone who understands your brand, is behind you and behind your success and will do whatever they can to see you successful. That is a brand champion. And a brand champion does not tell you to write your essay and they'll sign it. And that's a big difference. So a lot of times applicants just assume that if they get somebody who went to Harvard or somebody who went to Stanford to write their recommendation, that it's going to win them friends. No. The reality is somebody who went to a no-name school, maybe not even an MBA, can be a phenomenal brand champion and can actually 
be the decisive factor in who gets in and who doesn't. Branding begins with self-awareness, you say. Please elaborate. A candidate has to take the time to do an audit of their story, of their life journey. And that involves across the board from the personal to the professional. And oftentimes applicants focus on the professional career experience. While that is important, it's the holistic story that matters. So with branding, what we do is we have applicants really take an inventory looking at what they've done specifically in college, in their community, and in their career. We call that the three C's. And based on that, we can identify whether there are holes, whether there are inconsistencies to their brand. But more than that, it's extremely important for them to have a story that is palpable, it's captivating, and it's honest and authentic that reflects who they are. You speak of candidates who look the same on paper, but one gets in and the other does not. What are those critical differences? It's what we call the four pillars of the application, and we, or we call it the PGII factor. Applicants who get in understand that you need to have passion. It's not enough to check the box and have perfect GMAT score or have perfect GPA, have gone to an Ivy League school, or work for a blue chip firm. You have to also bring passion to the work you do. In addition to passion, you have to have guts. That means that you have to take a risk. You can't sort of play it safe and do everything that is sort of expected of you and check the box. Admissions people can see through that. The other two factors that are extremely important, you have to have impact. Without a track record, no matter how glossy and savvy a candidate is in terms of marketing themselves, the application will fall flat because it lacks the evidence to back it up. So you need the impact and track record. And then finally, you have to have insight. I'll probably say that insight is one of the biggest reasons that a lot of applicants who meet all of the criteria but don't get in, that is the key reason why, or one of the key reasons. It's they don't spend the time to show the why behind the what. They talk a lot about what they've done, which you can, you can see from amazing resumes, but you, you get a sense of this person being gen generic and having their stamps punch, not really showing who they are. Uh, and that's where the insight comes in. Chioma Isia Dinso, what two key things should readers take away from the best business school's admission secrets? The perspective that admissions people have is, are you on a trajectory in your career? And what's the inflection point? And you don't want to miss those inflection points. And then the second thing I would like to highlight is judgment, making some really good decisions. I'll give you a quick example. I got a call from a guy in the UK. He's working crazy hours. He begins to get frustrated with his job. Do you take that and then just jump the ship and leave that job? Or do you stick it out? In a way, part of sticking things out is a test of your character. Paul Bodine, what is the takeaway from perfect phrases for business school acceptance? The best answer is the one that really sticks to your own life and your own experiences. It's basically candor and introspection and really knowing who you are. And if you just build on that in your essays and in your interviews, you're going to do a good job. And that's what the schools are looking for. Richard Montauk, what is your best advice from how to get into the top MBA programs? People should think very much in terms of the overall career context for themselves. Some people don't need an MBA. Some people may need a degree but may not need it at the moment. 
some people need a very, very fancy kind of a degree, a Harvard, Chicago, Kellogg kind of a degree. But depending upon where one is headed in career and in life, it may be the case that they do or don't need something quite so fancy. So if you need something that fancy to get you where you're headed, private equity, for example, where degrees count, where contacts count, then you need to do everything possible to get into one of the leading programs and you shouldn't settle for something less because it won't get you where you intend to go. Uh, by the same token, holding out for a Stanford or a Berkeley, for instance, if that's not going to be at all essential for where you're headed is probably a mistake by the same token. Stacy Blackman, what do you want applicants to take away from your book, The MBA Application Roadmap? Number one is this message of just being true to yourself and really demonstrating who you are. We talk about creating your own brand similar to how you look at a, a box of Tide in the grocery store. Well, what is that brand? What are the messages that come from that brand? And the same thing is true when you're marketing yourself. You don't want to be just another Joe business guy, consultant, whatever. If you are a consultant, that can be part of it. But what else about you? What else is really interesting about your brand? So that's one of the things that we talk a lot about in the book. And then another important message is just this idea of there is no perfect applicant. Most people applying have significant issues with their application. Nobody's perfect. Everyone's human. And in the book, we talk a lot about, you know, how do you approach the process if one of these, you know, very typical issues is cropped up in your background. And so, you know, don't be discouraged if you aren't sort of the perfect applicant that you think you need to be. If you're honest about issues and if you know how to navigate these issues, you can still do really well. And wrapping up, Scott Shrum, the author of Your MBA Game Plan. Scott, you say it's not that daunting a process. There's no magic formula. There's no secret sauce. There are no you know, magic words that you can use or any connections that you can pull. They're really looking for smart, ambitious professionals who they can help go even further in their careers. And using our framework, you can show how you match that description. For more information, advice, and to read a transcript of any of our shows, visit mvapodcaster.com. For MVA Podcaster, I'm Diana Jordan. Join us next time when we discuss another topic of interest in your pursuit of an MVA. Stay tuned.